So this morning we're going to continue on our on our series on on calling. Um, we've been going on it for a while now. Has anyone been enjoying? Is it, are we enjoying it? Um, anyone being challenged? Yes, I certainly am being very challenged through this series, and it's great, isn't it, to be able to look at at this this question of what our calling is and realise it's actually not about us, that it's about God and who He is, and and that in order to find the answer to that question of what does God want me to do with my life, it's actually all about being in relationship with him and understanding his heart so that we can recognise his direction and recognise his voice. And so over the past weeks we've heard that we need to be seeking God and that we need to be spending time with him so that we can establish relationship. We need to be in his word, we need to be in the Bible, we need to be praying um, you know, we looked at how God called and, and spoke to people in the Bible as a, as a reference. Um, we've looked at the fact that knowing our identity in God and, and, and needing to gain an understanding of God's heart to do that and, and of being connected into God and seeking him and then being ready to act. And last week, Neil challenged us that, that there's times when we actually need to take an initiative and, and actually be in a place of maturity in our relationship with God where, you know, God's not like that the father of a two-year-old that's saying, pick up your socks and brush your teeth and get out of bed and put... Well, not a two-year-old. You wouldn't do that with a two-year-old. You'd have to do it yourself. But you know what I mean? We have to be in that place of, of maturity and recognising that God is actually not going to give us instruction for every single step that we need to take. But we need to be in a place of, of connecting into God communicating with him through prayer and uh, you know the way he talks to us through vision and dreams and prophecy and quiet whisper. And, and so as we, as we understand the way that God communicates, God really put it on my heart this week just that, that we need to be aware of the things that block him from communicating with us. And so that's, that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going we're to spend some time looking this morning at the blockages of hearing God's voice. And that's, that's a fairly big thing, isn't it, when we're, when we're seeking to find this answer of what my calling is. We need, to, we need to make sure that we're actually ready to listen. And so this morning we're going to begin and we're going to look at what Jesus said to his disciples about listening. And um, the disciples had been questioning Jesus about why he was talking in parables to the crowds that were following him around. And, and we can see how he responded. Um, and we're going to look in Matthew 13, 12 and 13. And so it says, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away. And that is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't see. They hear, but they don't really understand. These verses that we've just read really show the importance of listening to Jesus' teaching and to God's direction through his word. And so I just want to challenge us this morning that are we actually really listening to what God is saying, listening for his responses, as it says in those verses, or, or are we actually blind and deaf to hearing and seeing his message because we're not actually truly listening for what God is wanting to say? You know, I love the fact that the Bible is full of God's promise and we've already heard so many this morning. But in that verse in particular, let's... Let's look exactly what the promise is there. As we truly listen to God, what happens? More understanding is given and we will have an abundance of knowledge. 
What a great promise. And it's my prayer this morning for all of us that we would be in that place of really listening to God and reading his word. You know, God, God promises, as it says, an abundance of knowledge. Who wants an abundance of knowledge? And it's not, it's not knowledge like random facts, like did you know that the blue whale has a heart the size of a small car? That's pretty exciting, isn't it? And it beats six times a minute. And it can't swallow anything bigger than a grapefruit. That's what resides in here. I've got some good stuff up here. But no, it's not that, it's not that sort of knowledge, is it? It's an abundance of knowledge that is real, that is useful, and it's life-giving. It's a knowledge of God, a knowledge that comes from him, and it's a knowledge that gives us the ability to understand how we should live and how we should act. And so as this verse says, we need to listen. We need to really listen to what God's saying. And so in order to listen, we need to make sure that we're aware of the things that can stop us from listening, don't we? So that's what we're going to look at this morning. And so the first, the first blockage I want to look at this morning is distraction. Squirrel! Who's seen the movie Up? With Doug the dog, who is constantly distracted. Does anyone here this morning struggle with distraction? Excellent, I'm not alone. That's always helpful. I have, I have a real problem with distraction. I like to ask questions and then completely ignore the answer. Um... It's something I'm trying to fix. Alison, my wife over there, is giving me dirty looks. She can relate. And it, it's a really bad habit. It's not something that I'm proud of, let me tell you. And, and I'm working really hard to try and resolve that because it affects everything. It affects, it affects my relationship with my wife. It affects the fact that there are times when I completely shut out my kids and they're asking me questions and I'm ignoring them and so it affects my relationship with them. It might affect my relationship with you if you're having a conversation with me and a blank look comes over my face. Maybe just tap me on the shoulder or something and, and question that. But it also affects my relationship with God too. And it doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. Just like Doug, halfway through his sentence, and squirrel! Do you get what I mean? Like you're having a conversation with someone and you ask them a question and then you just completely ignore the answer. I had a, an example of this just this week that I want to share with you just to show you how bad it is. Um, just this week I was driving to work um, and I thought I would use my time wisely and I would give my sister a call in Adelaide. Um, she's got some stuff going on and I just wanted to get a catch up on, on what was happening there. And Anyway, I just filled up at the, at the petrol station and I... At the time it took me to turn into the petrol station and come back out, the traffic had just banked up ridiculously. So I thought, I'll go the other way. So I called her, started talking, how's things going? Going down the road, and I come to the next intersection where I want to turn left. And there's a row of cars coming along that I want to go into, but they're blocked off by a police car. But the left turn lane isn't blocked. And so I turn, go to turn left. And then I'm thinking, should I be going down here if... They can't go down here. And so I'm trying to get the attention of the policeman and through yelling out and whatever, eventually I get directed back where he's directing everyone and I join this slow line of cars. Oh, I'm going to be so late for work. And then I hear this sound of 
keyboard typing in my ears. My sister was still on the phone. She had been sitting there in silence for about three minutes, waiting for me to respond to a question that she'd asked me. I'd completely missed all of the stuff that she'd told me, missed the question, and so then I had to go through this process of apologising and, again, asking the question, and this time I listened. But that's, you know, things can happen. Things can come up and just distract us from, from what we, we are doing. And at times it's actually difficult to escape, isn't it? I know that I really struggle with, with my mobile phone and the things that that provides, the contact that that enables people to have to me. And it's a challenge to be in a place where you can ignore it during dinner time or during conversation or whatever the case might be. But we're in this place, we live in this world where we're constantly bombarded by stuff, aren't we? There's news, there's emails, there's Facebook messages, there's people's Instagram photos of what they're eating for lunch and there's advertising and there's all this stuff that's going on and it's really hard to filter all of that stuff out. And Romans 12.2 says, don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world. Do not conform to this world, it says in some versions. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. More amazing promises from God. You know, we're challenged not to be distracted, not to be conformed, not to be part of the world that is around us. But what happens? Let God transform and affect our thinking. Let God change the way that we think. And then what does it say after that? It says, then we will learn to know God's will. There's the answer to that calling question. So we need to make sure that we're not distracted by the world, but that we allow God to change and affect the way that we think. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, You must be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Being distracted by our thoughts or by the things going on around us can impact in our ability to listen. It might even make us live foolishly and it can stop us from understanding God's will for our lives. You know, again, as Neil challenged us a few weeks ago with that whole idea of busyness and the fact that in some cases it's not actually that we're busy, it's just that we're distracted. That has really challenged me. I don't know if it's challenged any of you, but to be in a place where you can look at things and say, this is important and this is a distraction and put that off to the side. So when we become aware of our distraction, we can hopefully make that conscious effort. We can be in that place where we're focused and not going to, to be distracted and, and focus on what's important, to focus on, on God. And so as we talk to God, as we pray, we need to give him time to answer. And we actually need to listen to that response, not ask the question and then move on. But we need to be in a place where we remain focused on him. Again, distraction is one of those blockages that stops us from hearing God's voice. Another blockage is allowing our worldly experience or our own perspectives to affect the way that we understand God and his word. 
where we allow our thoughts and our opinions to impact the way that we read and that we hear. And it's, it's a very real challenge. Our, our relationship with God and our perspective of who he is can be shaped by our experiences that we have here on earth. You know, our opinion of Jesus and, and who God is can be impacted by the way that we knew about God or we heard about God through the media or whatever it might have been before we became a Christian. And it even impacts still as we have committed to God. We, can, we need to be careful of who we're listening to. There's a whole heap of stuff out there that we could very easily listen to and get taken down the wrong path. We need to be trusting the words that we're reading in the Bible and not allowing our experience to get in the way of that. And it's a real challenge and that's why I want to bring it up this morning because it is a significant blockage to really truly hearing, like it says in Matthew 13, to, to really truly listen and to see what God is trying to say to us. And so we need to be in this place of asking God to remove our opinion and our experience from distorting the way that we read the word. You know, we need to be in that place of asking God for true understanding and knowledge. There's that knowledge that's promised about too when we read. And you know, in the, in the, I think it was in the first message of this series where I shared about um, the verse from Matthew 22 which says, for many are called but few are chosen. I think I shared then I had this completely wrong understanding of what that verse was all about because I was coming at it from a perspective of God, what is my calling? What are you calling me to? Oh, that's, um, he's got want me to do this. He doesn't want me to do something amazing because it says there that for, for many are called, but few are chosen. He's called all of us together, but then he's only going to choose a few to do these amazing things. That's not what it says at all. And if you read that whole thing in context, we find out that God has invited everyone who has ever lived, who is living and who will ever live, to come into relationship with him, and it's up to us to choose to accept that invitation. Can you see how different those two perspectives are? All because I allowed my own thinking to get in the way of what I was reading. We need to be careful that we're not allowing our experiences to filter how we interpret God's word and how we hear from him. I remember just as another example, as a Years ago, I was, a, I was a software support tech and I used to go on-site to places and, and fix computers, do networking and all of these things. And this one particular job required me to go to a, uh, an organisation that was uh, a women's shelter for domestic violence. And so there was a whole process I had to go through before I was even allowed to, to go there. They did a whole heap of reference checks and character stuff and was lucky that their computers weren't really badly broken because it took a long time to get through the process. They eventually gave me the address of this place and upon arrival they made me wait for about 15 minutes outside while they were doing something inside ready for my entry. And so then I finally get inside and, and all of the employees of this organisation were ladies. And once inside, as I worked, I could feel the whole office of ladies constantly staring at me. I was never left unattended and it was like, I just, it was a very uncomfortable situation to be in. And then one, no one would speak to me but then this one lady came up and she offered me a cup of coffee and so I accepted with my most perfect manners to try and calm the situation and, uh, which it didn't by the way and, and when the coffee arrived it 
had lumpy milk and there was ants in the sugar. Um, but I'm not, and I'm not sure if that was deliberate or whether that was just... Anyway, it was, it was not a nice place to be wor working and I really didn't feel welcome in that place. And it was all because I was a man. I was feeling uncomfortable, but at the same time I completely understood where they were coming from and why I was being treated that way. Because the experiences that they had had of men affected the way that they view all men. Before I even put a foot in that place, before I had a chance to even defend myself or show them who I was, I already had a label. They'd already seen and, and perceived me as a particular way. And so it's really easy for us to do the same thing when we're reading God's word to allow our perceptions and to allow our thoughts to filter in over the top of what God's actually saying. And so we need to remind ourselves constantly to, to step back, to remove our, our thinking and say to God, God, show me what it is that you're saying. You know, Paul writes to Timothy twice in the Bible and, and spends time reminding him and encouraging him about the things that he has learnt and that he knows about God. In 2 Timothy 2.7, it says, Think about what I am saying, and the Lord will help you to understand these things. You know, we need to spend, spend time thinking about what we're reading in the Word and allowing God to give us understanding. As it says there, another great promise, God will help you to understand. You need to let him. We need to allow God to, to give us this understanding and, and make a conscious effort not to allow our human understanding and our human experiences to get in the way. And so that's why I'm saying that our human experiences can be a blockage to hearing what God is saying to us. You know, as I said before, when we read the word, we need to be asking God to, to give us those eyes and ears to truly see and hear what he's saying to us. Again, as promised in Matthew 13, as we truly hear and as we truly look, we will get more understanding and we'll have an abundance of knowledge. So when we're wanting to hear from God, we need to make sure that, that we're not distracted. That's a, that's a blockage, isn't it? That we're not distracted, that we don't allow our experiences and our human understanding to get in the way of, of God's word. And then another significant blockage is being comfortable and what do I mean by that? Well, I'd like to suggest that maybe we don't hear God's voice because we're actually too happy with the way things are in life at the moment. You know, we've got a stable job and we've got a house and we've got somewhere to live and we've got food on the table and we might find ourselves in a place going, I'm, I'm feeling actually pretty comfortable right now, God. I'm happy where you've called me. And we might even end up in a place where we don't even bother to ask God what he's wanting from us because we're happy with where we are. And again, as we've already read in Romans 12 this morning, it actually says, do not conform to this world. That whole conforming word is the basis of comfortable. Don't conform to the world. Don't be in a place where you're so comfortable in yourself that you actually miss the opportunity that God has for you. And there are times when hearing God's voice may actually require you to make some changes 
and it might affect your level of comfort. And that's pretty scary, isn't it? And perhaps it's not so much the fact that we're comfortable, but perhaps it's the fear of the unknown that stops us from listening to God. And so our fear can also be a blockage of hearing God. And, and just like in that, that parable of the three servants that I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with, with the, the talents or the bags of gold, and, and each servant is given this bag of money to be responsible for while the master is away, and two of them go off and they do something with it where the other one is fearful and afraid and he buries it in the ground. Fear destroyed that guy. If you read that story, the consequences of his inaction because of his fear were fairly dire. He'd been given something from the master and then he'd buried it and hidden it and done nothing with it and then the master comes back and he takes it away and then he casts him out into the darkness. Fear of failing is a, is a blockage and it pulls us away from God. And so we need to be in this place of encouraging each other to step out and to try to be sharing what, what we think God's telling us to do and to encourage each other in that and, and not be afraid to fail. It's actually okay to fail. You just need to make sure that we're learning from it and that we're moving forward moving forward with God and trusting in him as he's calling us into the things that we, we use his help and we keep moving. You know, again, God is bigger than all of our circumstance and he uses our success and he can use our failure. So don't be fearful of that. Be courageous and move forward and trust God. In Philippians, Paul and Timothy are writing to the Philippian church and they're encouraging them to keep going into trusting in God. And, and in Philippians 1.6 it says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Just like the Philippians, God has begun a good work in all of us. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? To read that promise. And he will continue it until, and it will only be finished when Jesus comes again. So we are all a work in progress. None of us here this morning have got it all together. I know I certainly don't. But we need to be in that place where we're just trusting in God and, and allow him to continue the good work that he has already started and be encouraged by that. Yet again, another amazing promise that God has. And then the final blockage I want to look at this morning, or, or rather blockages, is a fairly big one, and that's our sin. You know, as, I've, as I've shared and as Neil shared previously in this series, Satan loves it when we're in a place of inactivity, when we're stagnant, when we're static. when we're inactive in the way that we relate to God. Satan loves our idleness and he loves nothing more than to immobilise us by pointing out our faults, our failures, by getting in our ear and causing confusion. And so just like we need to be aware that God communicates with us, we also need to be aware that Satan is also speaking into our lives. And so when God speaks, there is a feeling of peace and of comfort, and of sitting well in our spirit. Not the same comfort that I was talking about before where we're comfortable in the world, but a comfort in our spirit where things just sit right. When God speaks, 
things sit right, even when things seem impossible, there's still a certainty in that, isn't there? Have you ever experienced that? But when Satan comes, when he speaks, it's often loud, it's often confusing and we get filled with all of these thoughts and filled with worry and guilt. And as I said before, Satan delights in pointing out our faults and and our guilt and our shame and then we become filled with anger and we become filled with bitterness and regret, filled with fear and anxiety. Satan loves to make us feel defeated. He labels us as a sinner and reminds us of that fact. And he tries to make us live in this in this attitude of defeat. But are we defeated? Is anyone here defeated this morning? I hope not. We're not living in defeat. We're living in victory. Victory of God and we are no longer ruled by sin. We've already celebrated this morning and and shared in communion the reminder of of the great sacrifice that Jesus made for us so that sin is no longer our ruler. We have a new nature because of that sacrifice. And I don't know if you saw it, but Neil on the the newsletter last week wrote about this exact thing and and from Colossians 2.11 It says, when you came to Christ, so when you entered into a relationship with him, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, cutting away your sinful nature. So when we enter into relationship with God, our sinful nature is cut away. We're no longer controlled by our sinful nature. doesn't mean that we still don't sin but that we're no longer controlled by that. And God equips us and enables us to be in a place where we can avoid that. And then 2 Peter 1.4 says, And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. A lot of what we've read this morning. And these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desire. When we enter into relationship with God, our sinful nature is removed. It's it's cast away and we're no longer ruled by that. And so we're living in the victory of God. And and so Satan comes from this place and tries to trick us and, and say, but you're a sinner. And he tries to make us idle and he tries to make us inactive. And, and so I just want to encourage us this morning to remember those promises that we've read, that we share in God's divine nature. And we can escape the world's corruption. Our sinful nature has been removed and we are no longer controlled and ruled by it. Stand firm in God and who he is. And don't allow that voice in your head or in your ear to block you from from hearing God speak. You know, we've, we've looked at a number of different blockages this morning and there's a whole heap more. But it's good to be aware of what challenges we come up against so that we can be ready to to stand against that and to to fight it off when it comes as we read God's word, as we share together, as we pray. As we become aware, we can can take process and make effort to reduce and remove the impact that they have. And so I really want to challenge us this morning to really make effort to avoid distraction, to stop filtering our view of God through his word and through our own worldly experiences. 
to think about the way we're living and, and see if we're becoming comfortable and whether that might be stopping us from hearing what God's wanting us to do. It's my prayer that we don't become idle because of fear of the unknown. Remember God's already there. He's got a plan and it is good. Or the fear of failing in that. Again, God can even use our failure. So don't be fearful. And then that we're in this place where we recognise when, when Satan and sin is mucking with our life, that's giving us the feelings of worry and guilt and shame and anger and bitterness and regret. Remember again the promises that we've read this morning, that as we listen to God's word and, and the teachings of Jesus, that we would gain more understanding. When we really listen, we gain more understanding and an abundance of knowledge of who God is, that God wants to transform and change the way that we think. And as we allow him to do that, we gain an understanding of his will for us. That as we spend time in his word, God will help us to understand it. That God has begun a good work in all of us, when we accepted him as our heavenly father and he will continue to do that and he will keep going and we are a work in progress and he will keep going until Jesus comes again. And that amazing fact that when we accept Jesus Christ as our saviour that we are no longer ruled by the sin that's in our lives, that we are made holy and righteous in God's eyes because of what Jesus did on that cross. What amazing promises. And the Bible is full of them. Grab hold of them. Pray them over your life and over each other's lives as well as you come together and you share life together. It's my prayer this morning that our eyes and our ears would be open to hear and see God's glory, just like Moses did on the mountaintop where he said to God, show me your glory, and God did. You know, James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. That's a pretty big challenge in this morning, isn't it? A challenge of are we asking God for his revelation in our lives as we read his word? Are we asking God to help us to listen? Are we asking God to help us to, to see what it is that he's trying to say to us? Or are we blocking out his reply? Let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you again that you are steadfast and that you are never changing. That the promises that we can read about in your word are true. God, I just really pray again this morning that we would, we would grab hold of those promises that we've read this morning and that we would claim them for ourselves, for everyone here this morning, for this church, for Cornerstone, in Jesus' name. God, help us to, to listen to your words, to really listen. Help us in the things that we do, in the actions that we take, that, that they're things that aren't a blockage to hearing your direction. Lord, I pray that again that you would just give us that ability to really see the things that are blockages in our lives and, and to be in a better relationship and have better communication with you. 
God, I invite you this morning to, to change and transform us into the people that you want us to be. Help us not to be afraid of that. Help us to stand firm in the promises of your word and in your love. Amen.